On the Real Better Life podcast, we dig into the stories, failures, triumphs, and real-life adventures that shape and inform our tribe of real estate advisors in the pursuit of their better lives and those of their clients. It's real, raw, and unashamedly honest. Join Dave Ness, founder and chief troublemaker at Thrive Real Estate Group, for the stories worth telling. Hey, everybody. Rob Alkema and Dave Ness here. Happy Monday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us again for another episode. Um, this one is going to be on the topic of top reasons that agents fail. Newsflash, agents do fail. <laughs> and unfortunately, our industry is one that um, I would say is fraught with uh, a higher degree of failure than mm-hmm. a lot of industries. True. And that's sad uh, for, for both Rob and I. and. We kind of look at that and go, why is that? And how, how can we collectively, um, meaning all of us, all brokerage owners, team owners, leaders, sales leaders, help to fix that in, in our industry as best we can and to the capabilities that we have. And so this, this, this episode is really gonna be um, geared towards all of us, everyone in the industry. It's obviously Rob and I work at a specific brokerage. I'm not even gonna name which one it is. Um, but, but I would love it. We would both love it if this episode would be one that could potentially be played at your team meeting, your company meeting, your brokerage, um, you know, quarterly meetup or what, whatever you, whatever you have, because the content is really meant to inspire and uncover and reveal this, this problem in our industry of top reasons that agents fail and the failure rate is, is so high. So that, that's what we're up to, right? That's the, totally. the main, main concept of this episode. Totally. Yeah, and before we jumped on here, when I asked you, uh, hey, what do you want people to take away from this when we're done? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to repeat the answer you said. Uh, hey, I want people to walk away from this believing and understanding that, hey, it's really more about me than it is about anything else. Anything yes. else could include whether I have leads or not, um, what my split is how much coaching I get, what yep. brokerage I'm at, how much... What the cap is. Yeah. What, all the what's different... their marketing like? Yeah. Yep. What's, you know, how many masterminds do they have for me? It's, you know, take all of that out of it, that your success really is more dependent on you than any of those other outside factors. And I, and I hope that that's unbelievably empowering for anybody who's listening to realize the more contingent your success is on you, the more you have the ability to do things to control your success, where... Yeah. If it was dependent on all those other things, that that's very disempowering. It is. It's you're it's it's um you're, you're being tossed around by yeah. factors that you can't really even control. And instead of saying, you know, like you said when we were before we hit the record button, um, yeah, sure, it's important for you to find the environment, the mm-hmm. platform, the environment, the culture, whatever that fits you the best, which is highly subjective. Yep. Um, and and that's important. We're not we're not downplaying that. And at the same time the vast majority of the reasons that um, agents don't fail, if we look at the other end of the spectrum, the reason that they don't fail and the reason that they succeed is because of them. Right, not their brokerage. Not their brokerage. Right, right. And that's including our brokerage. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and we say that all the time. We want people that want us, not people that need us. Mm-hmm. They're the kind of people who would have been successful anyways. The, the, the phrase I used is your brokerage or your team that you're a part of should really be chosen based on what are what are your 
optimal conditions for performance. Optimal condi- conditions for performance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I love that. And that's going to be different for every person. Hence, you know, one brokerage could be amazing for someone and terrible for someone else. Totally. Because it is so subjective. Same with ours. <laughs> totally. Um, by the way, I do want to elaborate when I said happy Monday as we were getting into this episode. Yeah. It's because we're looking out the window at a beautiful, <laughs> sunny, 70 degree day with a glass of whiskey in our hands. <laughs> cheers, cheers to that. Cheers, brother. <laughs> it's 401. We're good. <laughs> All right. So we got, we got nine things to go through here. You want to take on number one? I'll take on number one. Yeah. Nine reasons uh, agents fail. So the first one, and this might be obvious. So if you're listening, just hang in there with us. But um, the, the first one is um, people that get into this business and are, are afraid to talk to strangers, mm. okay? Mm. And, and I'll, just, I'll just riff on this for a hot second. If you're listening to this going, come on, that's ridiculous. Um, we've seen it in our, in our, own, in our own company. Totally. And I, I think sometimes, um, you know, you hear things like, oh, I'm getting into real estate because I love architecture or because I love helping people, which by the way, the more people you help, the least you'll like them. <laughs> Dude, that's so true. <laughs> That's so true. I, I love people and I hate people. Just, just depending on what minute you ask me. Right. Um, but, but seriously, um, you, you get into the business for sometimes the wrong reasons where, you know, I love real estate. I love homes. I like watching HGTV, <laughs> whatever the case may be. Yeah. But in the end, um, what we all have to do is we all have to engage and be okay and comfortable in our own st- skin talking to strangers. And by the way, if you're thinking, well, wait a minute. I'm not. I'm not going to be on leads. I'm not going to do the leads thing, like online leads. If you yeah. listen to the previous episodes, I'm going to work my sphere. I'm going to work my sphere. Um, I, I'll warn you on two things on that. One is, uh, if you've noticed, the vast majority of transactions you do will be with another agent, and that agent will be a stranger. Dude, great point. <laughs> <laughs> so, if if that's awkward and weird, and you don't want to talk to people that you don't know, uh, good luck negotiating. That's not going to go well. And then second to that, of course, is um, this idea of sphere, which is amazing, by the way, and awesome and highly lucrative. Um, it, it still, at some level, is cold calling because while you have that sphere and they might know you, like you, trust you, and you guys have known each other for 20 years and you've drank whiskey at the bar, played on the soccer team together, went to college together, whatever, um, guaranteed you've probably never turned the corner with that relationship and, and made it a little bit more business, right? So there's, right. there's a real sense of like cold calling your database is a pretty big deal in, in this industry. Meaning the people that already know you, love you and trust you, you're calling them in a way that you've never done before. It's always been, hey, did you catch the Broncos game? Do you want to get together on Sunday? But to call somebody and say, I actually want to talk to you about business that benefits me, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that right. I think could benefit you too. That's just different. That's a cold call in, in general, right? So I'm over here laughing because I'm like, hey, realize you're in the friend zone with most of your friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you got to move out of that. You got to move out to of To get it. a real estate deal done. Yeah. Yeah. You have to become some something and somebody that you weren't before. Yeah. And so there's a sense of um, you're, you're talking to them in a strange way. They might not be strangers, but you're talking to them in a, in a strange way. And so no matter what, when you get into real estate, um, it, it's one of the reasons that people fail is, is this, they think, well, I, I don't, I don't want to talk to strangers or I'm uncomfortable talking to strangers. And so just to button this one up and then we'll move on to number two. Mm -hmm. Um, 
if, you, if you're listening to this, here's the litmus test. If it causes you any kind of anxiety or uh, apprehension or pause, the thought of going into a bar by yourself where you don't know anyone, sitting down at the bar, and just whoever's to your left or to your right, whether it's an old person, a young person, a, a man, a woman, whatever, and going, hey, how's it going? How's your day going? And just striking up a conversation. If that causes you anxiety, if that causes you apprehension or pause, uh, that's probably one of the main reasons that agents fail in this business. Yeah. Last thing. You don't have to like it. No. Or be good at it to do it. Totally. Right. And if you're not good at it, the only way you're going to get good at it is by doing it. Is to do it. (laughs) Liking it or having a natural inclination for it is not a a requisite to to do it. Nope. It's not. It's totally not. All right. Let's talk to number two. Yeah. Go for it. Lack of discipline, especially with schedule. Mm. This one is personally near and dear to my heart because, you know, you know my background and, you know, uh, you and I have both been in the 1099 world. Yep. For a long time. A long time. A yeah. long time. Yep. High turnover industries. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting how, not, not even just real estate, but the 1099 sales world in general typically has really high turnover. And when I would talk with people about this, one observation I made over, over a long period of time and just going off of experience is seeing that part of the reason why the turnover is really high is because people have so much freedom, mm. um, but they have the ability to abuse that freedom. Yeah especially around schedule. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Yep. right. So we were, we were riffing on this, like so many people, they get into the 1099 world. And the thing that we hear all the time is I got into this because I wanted to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. The problem is, is there's a, there's a huge percentage of people that are actually pretty crappy at being their own boss. <laughs> totally. Right? Like they've never yeah. been a boss. They're not a good boss or, you know, they had uh, positional authority yep. over other people. Um, like given to yeah, them by yeah. title. Yeah. Like do yeah. this or you're fired where, right. um, yeah, I, I just, there's a lot of people who don't sit down and make a schedule for the week and then yeah. hold themselves accountable to that schedule. Um, it's like, it's like that concept of, uh, when you're, when we're talking about discipline, um, it's one thing to create a roadmap for yourself, like create a business plan. You know, if you're listening to this and you're going, yeah, I've, I've created my business plan. Fantastic. That's about 2% of what you need to do. It's a good start. Right? It's a good start. It's, yeah. it's definitely Because a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. But but the other 98% of it is actually the discipline to, to execute. And I love that analogy. I remember this from one of our coaching sessions we did. The riddle is uh, five frogs sit on a log. Four of them decide to jump off. How many are left? And if you're listening going, uh, it's one, right? Five minus four is one. The illustration is, no, it's five. Because there's a big difference between deciding to do something and actually doing, actually it. doing it. And it speaks to the discipline piece of what you're talking about. Quick plug for a great book. It's called The Slight Edge. And the whole premise of that book is the things that it takes to be successful are really easy to do. But that's also the thing that makes them hard because they're just as easy not to do. Ah, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that's what comes to mind with this one is everybody knows that they should make a schedule. It's really easy to sit down and make a schedule. Yeah. The problem is, is it's even easier to not to sit not down do and it. make a schedule. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes. It's um, so good. Yeah. And, and like most things, you know, it's just discipline equals freedom. Yep. And you have to be disciplined enough to get yourself to do the things you don't feel like doing you know, when they need to be done, whether you feel like doing them or not. Yep. Because if all you do is ever just follow your natural 
inclinations of what you like to do, what you want to do, and what you don't like to do, and what you—that's not a recipe for success. No, right? No. Uh, at best, it's a rep- recipe for mediocrity. Total. At best. Yeah. At yeah. best. How about which, number three? Which bleeds into number three really well. So number three uh, on the top reasons agents fail is they thought it would be easier, right? They thought it would be easier, meaning. I think it's I think it's a very voyeuristic industry that we're in. It's a big word for Monday. <laughs> <laughs> kind of need some more bourbon before I dive into that one. I actually don't even know what the hell that means, but it sounds cool. Let's hope it's appropriate. It's a it's a very visible industry, right? I mean, think about this for a hot second. I'm calling HR right now. How many how many people watch HGTV? All of them. Right. Everybody, too, too many. everybody watches like flip that house and all this stuff. How many people, Million dollar listing, how many, baby. right. New York, all stuff. How many people watch shows around stockbrokers? Mm. None. <laughs> right? They don't exist. So we have a very sexy, I'm just going to call it uh, voyeuristic, attractive, whatever. There's a lot of eyeballs on Pinterest and house and HGTV because of people like Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? They, right they've right. made it that way. They've made it very uh, visible. So, so I think it's pretty easy for people to go, oh yeah, I want that. You know, whether you're getting into real estate brokerage or fix and flips or whatever, there's there's this sense of wealth. You know, typically you see real estate agents driving fancy cars, which by the way is a major indicator that they're broke. Um, uh, it's just very visible, right? thought it would be easier because of that visibility. And I'm sure everyone on this podcast probably thinks, oh yeah, I know like, you know, 10, 10 people or five people or whatever, somebody in my life that is a real estate agent. And man, every time I see them, they're in Cabo or they're in Mexico and they're making millions of dollars and all, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Then you get into it and you realize, oh, that, that actually is possible after a shitload of work right. and right. commitment. And what you were just saying on number two, lack of discipline is those people have figured out a way to be highly disciplined, particularly with the things that they don't want to do. Bingo. And that that's the hard part that doesn't get seen, doesn't get promoted, doesn't get talked about. And therefore it's easy to slip into this idea that, um, man, I'll just get my license. And you know, as soon as I get my license, my phone should start ringing. Yeah. And it turns out no one, no one gives a rat's ass that you got licensed. <laughs> like everyone else is licensed too. <laughs> so <All right>. anyway, <laughs> uh, this is hard because we could take one of these and unpack it for like <laughs> totally. 30 minutes. We're just going to move through each. all of them. <laughs> Golly. Okay. Number four. Number four. Um, they don't make enough phone calls. A mm. couple things come to mind with this one. Um, we, we are very blessed to be in an environment where uh, one of the, one of the building blocks of our brokerage is online leads. Like that's something that you yeah. were an early adopter on. Yep. Um, we did a separate podcast on this. I won't go into detail, but there's a complacency that comes along with like, oh, because because the brokerage is sending leads to me and my phone rings, I'm just going to sit and wait till my phone rings rather than picking up the phone and going through the uncomfortability yeah. of talking to a stranger on the other end of an unsolicited phone call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because let's face it, you don't have to. Yeah. And you could still be really successful. Or yeah. the other thing that came to mind was, um, heard you talk about this a lot recently, mm-hmm. that new illustration that you created about passive versus active real estate yes. activities. Yes. Right. And passive activities are, are not things like phone calls. No. Right. They're things that are more comfortable. I'm going to design a mailer. I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to send it out. 
I'm going to do all these things. Define my farm. Yep. Get the cost. Get the map. Because let's mm-hmm. face it, the the chances of rejection are much lower and much less personal. Hundred percent. Right. Like your stakes are significantly lower. Yeah. Um. And and I'm probably going to misquote you, but if I'm paraphrasing what I heard you say, story, story of my life. <laughs> the, <laughs> the passive resources are are the passive activities. They're a cop out. Yeah. Because there's very little risk of failure. Yeah. If you're if you're doing uh, activity and it feels busy, mm-hmm. but you really step back and go, hey, ask myself this question. Was there a risk of failure mm-hmm. or maybe was there a risk of rejection? If the answer is no, it's OK. But you have definitely engaged in passive activity at that point. If there's no risk of failure. It was passive, which is fine. But if you find yourself doing mostly passive activity, uh, that is not a recipe for advancement or success. Totally. I'm I'm 100% confident that if you and I had to make a real estate deal happen in the next 30 days, yeah. if we were to jump into the company pond, oh yeah, we would make 50, maybe 100 phone calls on a yeah. really bad day. Yeah. And within 50 to 100 phone calls, we would find somebody that we could... Yes. do a transaction within the yeah, next 90 days. 100%. Right? Yep. Um, and yet, a lot of people don't because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And especially when you have more comfortable methods available to you. Yep. Um, let's face it. Most of us do the things we do to move towards pleasure or avoid pain. One of the two. Yep. Or both. And yet, and yet, we don't grow until we're outside of our comfort zone. And oftentimes, the best things in our life and our biggest successes come on the other side of the greatest adversity. Totally. Right. So. Yeah. And that's true of all of us. If you, if you think just back to anything that you've spent a lot of time, a lot of resources, a lot of calendar, a lot of money doing, and then it worked, there, there was something behind that mm-hmm. you know, that went into it. I, when you were talking, I wrote down the word input. I think a lot of times we get so focused on the output. Uh, you know, We're, we're yeah. in, in communities, we're in small groups, we're in strategy groups, we're on teams, whatever, within our, within our companies, within our brokerages. And the output is oftentimes what gets recognized, celebrated, yes. and looked at, which is yep. fine. But but we also need to look at the input because, you know, in our company, you look at the top of the leaderboards and, oh my gosh, just so happens that, you know, the the, pers- the, pe- the five people that are at the top of the leaderboard are also have the most phone calls <laughs> surprise, <laughs> every week. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Right. Every single week, right? The good news about that, by the way, before we move on, is that this is not rocket science. This is X plus Y equals Z. All yeah, day long. So controllable. And it doesn't matter if you're boisterous personality, reserved personality, new in the business, old in the business, old, older in, in stature, younger, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all the same input and output every single time. Yep. Yep. It's, um, I don't know why I got this sick affinity for things where um, the more pure of a numbers game it is, mm. the more confidence I get. Like, Okay, if I just do the work, I'm going to succeed. Right. Right. And like phone calls are a much more pure numbers game than a lot of other activities that people could engage in. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's so good. Let me take number five. Okay. Um, They don't go on enough appointments, Mm -hmm. right? Where I think about activity versus effectiveness, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You can work really hard and yet if you're not effective with the work that you're putting in. Yeah. Right. It's not good. So you can host luncheons, networking events. Right. You can do mailers. Um, 
I mean, shoot, you can take a lot of leads. Yeah. And if you don't figure Referral out a way, raffles, bingo. Farming. If you don't open figure houses. out a way to go from contact to eventually to appointment, yes. whether there's showings in between there or not. Yeah. At some point, you have to get face to face, belly to belly with somebody, sit down and walk them through. You know, here's how I'm going to help you win. You have to go through a needs analysis, yeah. all that stuff, but it has to culminate in you asking to work with that person. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> if you're not, do you want to date or not? <laughs> right. right. Everything else is just spinning your wheels in mud. Yes, 100. percent Yeah. the The appointments thing, by the way, is um, what we talk about also internally, which I bet other operators do the same thing. It is the key. Metric. The number one thing. If we could only pick one metric, yep. this is the one. Hundred percent. Yeah. People join if if and I'm surprised more people don't ask. Um, what? Hey, Dave. Hey, Rob, or your leader, whoever that is. Um, if I just, I, I, you guys train a lot. You give me a lot. Whatever. All, all the different bells and whistles and metrics to follow and all this stuff. But but if you could just boil it down to one thing, and you were only allowed one thing to make me successful, what would it be? And we would immediately, without hesitation, say appointments. Yep. Yep. And how you get those appointments, you know, how the sausage is made, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. We just talked about don't make enough phone calls. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, that's input. But but at the end of the day, it has to be appointments, whether you're on leads or agent generated or if you're doing social media, if you're doing farming, if you're doing open houses, you're doing referral raffles. All the strategies are great and they all work if they produce appointments. Bingo. Otherwise, it's just busy work. Yep. Well said. Yep. How about the next one? All right, number six. Number six uh, reason that um, agents fail is they feel they feel entitled. We call this the the ten ninety nine complex. This is the uh, it, and and I think I've been through it too um, when I when I first moved into this arena. That's good that you said that because I felt like you were about to offend some people. <laughs> well, I still might <laughs> sit, sit tight. <laughs> but but the the ten ninety nine complex is interesting because it's like I, I got into this business you know, to be my own boss, to Mm. control my own calendar, to pull Mm. myself up by my own bootstraps, to create my own way, to cut my own path, all of those concepts, which is... I hear one all the time. (laughs) I hear one all the time. You're making me rub my head here. Uh, The the one I hear, I I got into this business so that when I got home, I could turn work off. (laughs) (laughs) I almost just snarfed bourbon all over the mic. You did. You almost spit that. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's um, it, it's it's a little bit of an entitled uh, disposition, and so when you think about that, um, and you referenced it earlier, when people say things like, "I got into this business to be my own boss," let me just ruminate on that for a hot second. The question becomes, "Hey, how many how many times have you been a boss before?" <laughs> well, and, and right? What, why why do you want to be your own boss? Is it because you don't like being told what to do? Right, <laughs> you're still going to be told what to do either by yourself or your clients. Yeah, like if you're working with ten clients, uh, you actually have ten bosses. Mm-hmm. You know, they control your calendar, they control you know what you're doing. But that that and if, idea, and if you're not effective, your bank account is going to tell you what to do. Right, or, or your spouse is going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to say how much you like this. You need to go do something else. Right. <laughs> we both know who the real boss is that's in our relationship. That's exactly right. Um, but but it is. It's it's a complex. It's the 1099 complex and. And here's what I'm going to say, and then we can move on, is that this one is driven highly by ego. Oh, so good. It's, it's driven highly by that's ego. A, that's a drop the mic moment. Right? It is. 
it's not driven by effectiveness. It's not driven by your preferred picture of your future, which we call the better life. It's not driven by what's going to be most uh, advancing in your world. It's not driven by the, the desire for growth. It's driven by your ego, which is mm-hmm. very, very fragile, as is mine, as is yours, yep. no matter who you are. And the more we can learn to put that aside and ask ourselves, yeah, 1099 is simply an IRS designation. That's it. That's all it is. And and put that aside and go, really what I want is the most effective way to advance myself, my career, and my client's experience. Yeah. Let me, let me say one thing, because you made me think of this while you were talking about that. Um, if you're sitting here and maybe you uh, take offense to this or you, your dander's up a little bit, um, the thing I would say to that person is, what is it that you want bad enough from a mission standpoint, from an impact standpoint? Yeah. What is it that you want bad enough that would be worth putting in the extra hours late at night, doing open houses on the weekend, mm-hmm. picking up the phone, even though you don't have to? Like, what is it that's worth doing the things that you don't want to do? Yeah. Right? Because there is an essence where you can look at the 1089 world and go, you don't have to do no. any of this. No. Right. And, and so my question would be, what is it that you want bad enough that you're willing to do that? And it's mm. worth it. Yeah. And it's worth it. Worth sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Last thing I'll say on this just dawned on me as you were talking is some of some, <laughs> some of you might be thinking, man, you started started this off and I and I did get a little offended because you challenged the audience by saying, you know, how many of you have been a boss as if I'm some guru boss? I'm not. <laughs> and check this out. I actually hire people and pay them <laughs> to, to be to, my boss. To coach you. What the? Like, totally. That, that, so, so before you get your, your dander up, as you said, realize that you know, both Rob and I are sitting here, and I know you've done the same thing. You literally pay people yeah. to, to tell you what to do. And, and sometimes that's physical training for you. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're a 1099 in terms of your own fitness. But the, you times, go, the times when I've been in the best shape in my life is when I am, well, in college, I wasn't paying my soccer coach. Um, right. But he was shitty. So, um, <laughs> no, but like when I, when I pay a personal trainer, I always get more out of my work, workouts. I'm always in better shape. I'm always building more muscle. I always feel better because I don't want to let that person down. Yeah. So I create that accountability mechanism for myself because that's how I get the best out of myself. Is by having a boss. By having a boss. Right. And what, whatever you want to call him. What do you want to call him? Boss, coach, yeah, spouse, whatever, trainer, whatever, mentor. Somebody saying, "Hey, uh, maybe I'm a step or two ahead of you. Yep. I've been down this road before. Doesn't mean I'm superior to you in, in my humanity or anything, but but here's exactly what you should be doing, and letting that person actually hold you accountable to to doing it, oh, so not good. not just being prescriptive with what you should do. Look what a good segue that is into number seven. <laughs> Perfect. You want to run with it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you take this one. All right, all right. So the seventh reason that agents fail. Is um, is that is that they're not coachable, they're not coachable, right? And and a lot of people, me included, would go, oh, I'm totally coachable, I'm really coachable, until until we get asked to do something that is inconvenient or uncomfortable. Yeah. Then I'm not coachable anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or until I hear something that I don't like. Yeah. 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 And and it's this sense of like, ah, you know, I, I've heard that before, but I'm going to do it my way. Or the 1099 complex kicks in, or you know, whatever your ego is telling you kicks in. And instead of just going, you know what, um, that's foreign. I've never done that before. I'm not good at it. Um, it takes too much time. 
Um, I've been doing that for two weeks and I'm not getting any traction or even two months or two years. Uh, and, and instead of believing and trusting the process and going, I'm, I, I have to figure this out. I, I want to keep on going yeah. and listening to someone who's maybe a little bit further along than you mm -hmm. um, and moving in that. But, but coachability is, is huge and it takes a massive amount of humility which is difficult to do in a 1099 world, especially in real estate, because it's so, you know, all over the place. That's, that's, the, that's literally the word I just wrote down. <laughs> Rob, Rob just showed me his notebook and he just wrote down humility. <laughs> but it does, because let's just unpack that for a hot second. When you are coachable, the other end of the spectrum is when you are coachable, that means you're inherently humble enough to say, um, I don't know enough about this in order to be an expert. Yep. And therefore, I'm looking outside of myself into other resources and I'm gonna I'm gonna take that in and actually listen to it, but not just listen to it and nod your head and go, oh wow, that's really cool. But then actually go execute it over and over and over and over again, even when it's not working or it's uncomfortable or it's inconvenient. Because you know in today's world we go, I tried that twice, it didn't work. Right. That's not being coachable. Right. That's not being coachable. Well and and it's funny as you're talking about this, it strikes me that you, how many interviews have I run? In, All of them. In the last <laughs> decade. Thousands. Thousands. Thousands, literally. Probably tens, of, probably tens of thousands. Yeah. Okay. I've never met somebody who said to me in an interview, hey, Rob, you know what? I'm not that coachable. I actually, <laughs> I actually don't like being told what to do. I, I don't like people pointing out my blind spots. I actually really dislike feedback. Oh, that's a good on the blind spots. Yeah. yeah. And so... The, Everybody thinks they're coachable, but here's how you know if you're coachable, mm. okay? What book are you reading right now, mm. right? And mm -hmm. I'm not talking fiction. Right. Entertainment, shut your brain off kind of book. I'm talking like, what book are you reading right now where you're like digging for answers to problems that you're encountering or things you'd like to know yeah. about, right? Yeah. So that, that's one test is like, how often are you reading and what are you reading? Yeah. And then what are you implementing from what you're Yeah, what reading? are you doing with that? I, I think of, uh, shout out, shout out to, to uh, the great Peter Foray. Mm. Um, it's not what we know, but what we use of what we know that actually makes a difference. Yeah, right? that's huge. Um, so, so that's a good one to look at. Do you have a mentor that you meet with regularly? Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking, they make you meet with this person through work. Otherwise, it would be weird and awkward and you'd get called out or fired. <laughs> right, right? Right. Like, no, you've actually proactively sought out a mentor. Yeah. You might even pay the money out of your own yeah, pocket. That's what we were just saying a second ago, too. Totally. Pay somebody. Um, and then when's the last time that somebody in your life felt comfortable enough to go to you with a blind spot that you have that they knew you probably wouldn't like hearing? Yeah. But they felt like they could bring this up to you. Yep. If you haven't had somebody in the last year or two yeah bring up a blind spot to you and, and tell you some truth that was maybe hard to hear but you needed to hear yeah chances are the people in your life probably have things that they want to tell you but they feel like they can't because you're not coachable because you're not coachable they worry yeah. that you're going to blow up and you're going to take it too personally mm -hmm. and it's going to erode your relationship yeah and i go back to that word it's funny that you literally said humility like 10 seconds after i wrote that down yeah. and underlined it yeah um, i love that yeah so those those are some quick checks on like Hey, you might think you're coachable, but are you actually coachable? And those are some practical things you can look at to yep. assess yourself. A good visual of this one too, just and then we'll move on. But uh, you know, when you and I go to um, industry conferences, n not always do we find the person, the man or the woman on stage, highly engaging. <laughs> 
or motivating or whatever, you know, you, you guys have all been there on, on listening to this podcast is uh, you get there and you're like, oh, are you serious? I flew here to listen you, to this. Or, you and I have the same person in mind. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, uh, every single time, every single time, no matter who it is that's talking, it could be a brand new agent. And every single time I, I get at least three or four ideas, ahas, um, insights, something to go do, fix, change in, in my world, in my life. Yep. And and I'm it's, this isn't like a, a promotion of, of me or how I do it. But the reason I say that is because um, I've noticed throughout the years that ironically, the more coachable I am, meaning the more humble I am and I. <laughs> Definitely need some work there, but uh, the the more I can do that, the more capacity I have to do that, the the more advancement, growth, and success I experience. Love it. There, there's a correlation. Yeah. So, so anyway, good. Yeah. That's just one of those things you hear, and you're like, "Yep, I just know that's true." Yeah. In my heart of hearts. Hundred percent. Okay. Number eight. This is a quick one. Yeah. Too passive, looking for the easy button. Mm. Um, I am reminded of um, a guy that I worked with years ago, where I told him after we had worked together for a while, I won't say his name, but. I said, hey, man, if you spent as much time just putting in the work as you did trying to figure out how not to put in the work, <laughs> you'd be the most successful person I know. And it was like, this guy's whole deal was like, how do I avoid How do I avoid doing the things that I don't want to do? How do I avoid discomfort? Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just think, like, listen, <laughs> if you're the kind of person who, who gets enamored with shortcuts. Yeah. Right? You're always looking for the easy button. Uh, even if that did work, yeah, which it doesn't, yeah, play that all the way out. How how fulfilling is that going to be? Yeah, right. Like I go back to and and I'll say something and you'll get a picture in your head yeah. as I'm saying this. Think about the thing that you are the most proud of, your proudest accomplishment. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't it true that oftentimes the thing you're thinking of? came on the other side of the greatest adversity you experienced. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Right? And we talked about that earlier yep. and it's like, that's what makes it worth it is the fact that it's freaking hard Yeah. and not everybody can do it. And it's, yeah. and it's uncommon. Right. And so I don't know, man, it's just like, well, we live here in Colorado just to give an example. Yeah. And there's 14ers. If you don't know what a 14er is, mm. it's a big ass hill. That's 14,000 feet high. Yeah. Otherwise called the Rocky mountains. <laughs> And, I know and where you're going with it. And there's Mount Evans. Yeah. Right. And and you can drive up to the top of Mount Evans. Get out of your car and walk to the summit. Get out of your car and walk yeah. 60 you seconds. You might have to kick a couple mountain goats on your way <laughs> to, to the summit. Right. And you can have a beer and you'd be back in your living room. And and you can also hike Mount Evans. Yeah. And I'll you know I'll never forget I did I've done both right yeah. I've driven it and I've hiked it and it's it's weird it's it's uh. It's, it's a foreign experience when you hike it because it takes, you know, 10 hours-ish and there's some spots that you could potentially die and all of that stuff. And it's grueling and your legs hurt and it's exhausting and you, you're wondering on the way up, why the hell did I even do this? This is ridiculous. Yep. And then you get up there and you're with the same community of people that drove up there. Yeah. And your worlds in that moment are massively different. Your experience of that moment. The appreciation of it. Is massive. The different. insight, yeah. the history, the stories that come with it. No one tells stories about driving up to the top of Mount Evans. But if you hike it, I guarantee you'll have a story. Right? Oh, it's, that's it's so good. It's different. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. so good. You were thinking about the knife's edge, weren't you? 
Oh, yeah, if you want to talk about Yeah, but you can't drive that. <laughs> no, no, no. Knife's edge, yeah. Imminent death. Yeah. yeah. I remember you saying, I've never felt more alive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it gives you a peek into my personality. It's, it's kind of, it, yeah, it's weird. Cool. Take, um, us, take us home with number nine here. Yeah, number nine. Last one, and then we'll wrap up. Um, ninth reason that uh, people, uh, that agents fail, and that is they don't actively pursue, uh, which, of course, is, you know, the same thing as, as saying pursue, but they don't actively pursue relationships inside of their brokerage, inside of their team, inside of their community, whatever it is. I like um, that you use that word pursue. Yeah. It, it, so, you know, you, you join any new organization, bowling league, church, soccer, whatever, that you join, and it there's a propensity to kind of sit back and go, well, I'm the new guy, I'm the new gal at my brokerage, and so I'd I'd appreciate it if some other people would introduce themselves <laughs> to me, right? You're cracking me up. <laughs> they, they should really have more social events. They should have more social events. They should engage more. They should do this. They should do that. And, you know, on the one hand, that's true. Even on our company, even in our organization. They probably should. They, we, we should. We could do a better job at that. There's 100%. no question about we could do a much better job at that. And... Uh, that is very much a two-way street where you. I think you have to ask yourself, yeah, how many people did you introduce yourself to at the company meeting? How many, how many people did you call um, from you know, your company's um, list of, of agents and say, hey, uh, I don't know anyone. You want to grab a, you know, a coffee or a cocktail? You want to go for a run? Whatever. Like, whatever it is that that would actually make you feel embedded into the into the culture. And the reason why this is so important is that one of the number one reasons that people leave brokerages and ultimately fail is because they don't feel like they belong. Mm. And that's a, that's a whole other episode right there. It could be. And yeah. it, but it's that this idea of yeah, I never felt at home there. Uh, it was too big, it was too whatever. I, I never had a place, I never got yeah. home. Yeah. And and it's always yeah, they didn't do a good job at that. And and please hear me say there's absolutely a responsibility and an honor for any brokerage to welcome their new people, get them in flow, get them in relationships. But that's not a one-way street. That has to be both working working towards it yep. um, and, and taking that into your own world and saying, well, what am I doing to create relationship? And it goes back to where we started, by the way, which is afraid to talk to strangers. <laughs> If you're, if you're afraid to talk to your strangers yes. on your team, yes. you're probably going to fail. And if you're thinking, well, I would just move brokerages. Well, it's the same shit at the next brokerage, right? Yeah. And, and on and on and on. And so, yeah, uh, don't, look, don't pursue relationships. I'm looking at a note that I wrote down on this one before we started because I didn't want to forget to come back to this. Yeah. You and I have talked about this before, but um, there was a study that they did. I can't remember who they is, right? But um, – you could Google this and find it pretty easily. Mm. If you want to know the number one predictor of job satisfaction or, or job retention, okay, it's whether or not somebody has a best friend at work. Ah, interesting. Yep. Yeah. And it's how many times have you known someone or you might have been this person where you're like, mm. yeah, I actually hated this job. I hated this company or this organization. Yeah. But I loved my manager. Right. Or... I loved this person or this little tight-knit team that I worked right. with. Two right. or three, five people, and, whatever. And you'll see, like, people will tolerate horrible working conditions because <laughs> right. they just, they had such a good connection with they the, didn't want to lose the people they were doing it with. Yeah. Right. 
And um, so good. One of the things I think of is is we had this old saying, you know, in, in my previous business that it's easy to quit a job, but it's hard to quit a family. Mm. Right. So good. And, yeah. and by the way, it's not the other person's job to make you feel like family. Right. Right. It's a collaborative it, effort. Yeah. It's your job to, it's just as much your job to integrate yourself into that community. Well said. As it is for other people to welcome you and embrace you in that community. Yeah. Neither is ever going to be perfect, but it does take two. Yeah. No question. Yep. Ah, so good. Well, thanks for thanks for listening in. Um, those are the nine reasons, top reasons that, that agents fail. And um, of course, it's hard to, to master all of these. But I think if you take a step back and look at those and go, yeah, those are you know some some pretty strong ones. Hopefully, hopefully what this does is get get its way out into teams, organizations, other brokerages, our brokerage. We have a lot of work to do at our brokerage. Uh, always kind of pushing towards you know how do we make the best environment possible. Like we started talking about in the very beginning of this podcast, yep. it's not our job to make agents successful, but it is our job to create environments and platforms and and areas that people can engage in order to achieve what we call their better life. And, and so their advancement, their growth, all the things that they want to achieve. And so hopefully this um, is helpful no matter what company you're at and no matter what company you're building. Cause really what we're after is how do we just elevate the entire industry, including ourselves? Boom. Yep. So, yep. Well, we got in the three B's today. Well done. What were the three B's? Business. Business. Better life. Better life. And bourbon. And bourbon. That's three. This is a successful one. <laughs> nice. Cheers. 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 <laughs>